the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 96, recorded Friday, June 14th, 2013. Infocom 2013, Part 2. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. On the last episode of AV Week, we played part one of our conversation live from Infocom 2013. This is part two. Uh, we feature Sean Robinson from AMX, um, Harry Mead, and the guys from Beam. So here is our conversation, part two, live from Infocom 2013. All right, let's see if I can get all these names correctly. First of all, um, my brother from another mother, we were separated at birth. His name is Harry Mead. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Tell people your new title, because I don't. You don't even have business cards yet, do you? I don't even have business cards. I'm only a week and a half old in my new company. Um, Chief Design Engineer for CCS Pro- CCS Presentation Systems Mid Atlantic. You better get it right, because you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, is John Benz from Core Brands? Core Brands. That's right. Um, uh, also known as Panamax and Furman and uh, Zantec. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, here representing. Uh, Zantac and Furman, I'm the director of power and accessories. Very good. Uh, also is uh, Blake Cease. Got it. Hey, look at that. First time out from Wilson. Uh, you guys have got some interesting stuff that I want to talk to you about. And Doug Little from? Wacom. Thank you. Yes. Comes from the Japanese word wa for harmony and com computer, so harmony between humans and technology. Do you make tablets that I can draw on? We do. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I'm just making sure it was the same guys. Um, Let's, let's go around here, actually. Um, Harry, you are... Well, actually, we're going to end with you because you, you're not a manufacturer. You're, you're an integrator and a, an engineer. Um, core brands. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'd like to apologize if you've read or, or listened to anything that I've said. Uh, I've, I have given you guys a hard time in the past. Sure. Um, and, and, and I'm not going to try to be hurtful, but sometimes it, it feels like you don't know where you're going sure. as far as your branding. Sure. Not to play on words. <laughs> um, so tell us, you know, kind of where you guys are and where you're going, and, and then what you brought to the, to the table. Yeah, it's 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 been an interesting, um, you know, few months, and uh, you know, obviously a lot of our brands are in the residential space, but uh, being here with uh, Zantec and, and Furman and our Blue Bolt technology, um, really, uh, you know, the branding. Uh, yeah, it seems like it, it can con- be confusing, but what we have are a variety of you know really strong brands that have been around for a long time. Yes. Um, and uh, that's something that we don't want to lose. So uh, core brands is kind of the entity, but we're still you know a bunch of strong brands that people know. And individualized too. Individualized. So we don't want to modernize the brands. We want to keep them alive and keep the innovation um, you know stronger than ever actually. Uh, so we're kind of you know going through right now um, all the fun things that you do in an integration. Uh, but we're putting together some new processes that's uh, kind of going to bring us all back stronger than ever. Very good. Did you get a chance to see the show floor? You know, I really didn't. I walked for about 10 minutes. Oh, and you can't really see much on no. the show floor in 10 minutes. No, so. no, depending on, on the area that you're in. Yeah. So let, let me get this, because I have, I have uh, Brad Grimes coming up. Brad Grimes. I've already had Brad Grimes. I have Bradford Ben. 
just so you know, I've done that more than once in the last two years. Um, so he, he is technically from Harmon, but he works for Crown. Is that, is that a good analogy for you guys? Yeah, uh, you know, we have brand specialists. Um, so, for example, uh, my role, for example, is, uh, is power and accessories products. Yeah. So, really, I oversee the, um, the Panamax brand, the Furman brand, and then the Zantac brand, but I also have the pleasure of uh, in other brands like speaker grills and, power and volume controls and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but uh, we also have brand-specific specialists, um, but uh, we take a category approach. Uh, to our to our product development. Explain that for me. For me. So, um, uh, power and accessories uh, is my category, and then we also have an audio category director and a control category director. And um, you know, we so does that mean? I'm sorry. Does that mean like if for for power, you do power over all the brands? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Power. Uh, you know, uh, we really look at where there's any kind of gaps in the product portfolio, and uh, you know, we're not trying to be all things to all people. Uh, but we d do want to provide um, integrators with a single source to get a lot of quality products okay. in you know, specific categories Very with good. strong brands. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. Sure Thanks right. for coming by. Yeah, I appreciate no it. Thank you, sir. Thanks for being uh, Wilson, you guys had some cool, it, it, I, I don't talk about ads very much, but I liked your ad, uh, both in the Infocom dailies and, and in the other places I've seen them. Uh, tell people briefly uh, what, uh, what Wilson does because you have reporting you know software and and well, tell people what you do um so wilson builds cell phone signal repeaters um it's a it's a system that allows you to bring cell signal into buildings that don't otherwise get coverage um we tend to focus on the smaller end of the scale um so in your truly large venues you know where you'd be looking at a das we're not the solution there um we tend to fit better in in venues where a das doesn't make uh commercial sense um, so we basically have a, a small passive DAS type of a system. Uh, you have an outside antenna that talks to the cell tower. Um, you have an amplifier that amplifies the system, and then you have a series of internal antennas that uh, distribute the system, uh, distribute the signal uh, throughout the space. Um, it's a bi-directional amplifier, so it uh, not only amplifies the signal to the phones, but also back to the tower. Okay, so you, it, it's it's an amplifier and two-way communication. Right, it's a it's a it's a very scalable system. It's it's a it's a great add-on product for an integrator that's uh, you know working in commercial spaces or home spaces. Uh, we're very um, uh, popular in in custom home spaces where you know due to the insulation of the home, the construction of the home, you may have good cell signal outside, but it doesn't penetrate the home on its own. So you need a conduit to bring it in. Our system is perfect for that. It's, it's carrier agnostic. There's no internet uh, connection required. There's no pairing of phones. Um, just takes advantage of the existing cell signal outside. Um, our product is also safe to use on the, the networks. Um, doesn't cause interference. Has a very no lo low noise floor. Uh, has some automatic shutdowns for uh, any, you know, if it's installed incorrectly. What we like to say is uh, if the product is installed correctly, it works beautifully. If it's installed incorrectly, it doesn't work at all, mm. which is which is good for the the, the carriers. Yeah. They they don't want noise and interference on their system. Uh, let me ask you a question. Like, is in? I'm confused. I don't see the AV. <laughs> So we have a lot of integrators here okay. that do. Um, in fact, I've had I've actually had a tremendous show. This is our first Good. our first Infocom. Um, I attended last year with Capital Sales okay. uh, in their booth. They carry our products, um, and my f initial feeling was, no, this may not be the greatest fit for for our company. But we decided to come give it a try. 
uh, because there are uh, in, in this building there are many commercial integrators, but a lot of there there's a lot of crossover yes, there. Absolutely. A lot of guys getting into some home integration too, and that's really where our program started was focused more on home integration. But what we found um, through this, well, we, let me just back up just a little bit. We started a uh, certified installer program uh, last September. Since last September, we've added about 1,400 certified trained installers in the United States and Canada um, uh, to, to our network of installers. And we do a, we do a certified installer training twice a month uh, webinar. Typically, we'll have 100 guys signed up for that twice a week. Wow. Um, so there's there's a ton of opportunity out there. I mean, if, if you if you just look at cell phone growth charts, cellular growth charts, you know, our growth parallels that. Um, everybody wants to get rid of their landline. Everybody wants their iPhone 5 to work in their, you know, in their beautifully customized home. Um, due to good quality construction, that often doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So we provide a solution for that. Um, some people ask, well, why don't you just use the femtocell or whatever that the carrier can provide? It's it's an option. Um, it has some limitations. Uh, you know, you have to pair the phone with the device in many cases. Uh, there's not a good handout, so walk out the door, you drop the call. Well, not only that, but you've got several, most homes nowadays have several different, you know, and, and you'd have to do one pairing for each one. Right. So yeah, you guys, right. You know, there's a definite use case. I just, I again, you know, I Sean then, Robinson's uh, next to you from AMX, and and I, I'm like, I get AV there, right? And, and, but I, I get it now with with the integrator. So and it, stuff it, like it's that. another arrow in the quiver of yeah. an integrator. Makes sense. Makes it, complete it, sense. It's not going to be for every job, but yeah. it, it's great to have it in your pocket. You know, when you encounter the need. Okay. Uh, real quickly, did you see anything on the show floor that that kind of hit you? I haven't had a chance to walk the show floor. All right. <laughs> I was in the booth the whole I'm, time. I'm I'm just you poor fellas. I feel sorry for you. All right. Well, thank you so much, so much for coming by. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Wacom. 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 <laughs> I, I've, I've used your, your your tablets before for drawing. I can draw a mean stick figure. Um, but tell me, besides obviously the the content creation and stuff like that, yeah. um, why you guys decided to to show it Infocom? Yeah, we've been uh, actually showing it at Infocom for a very long time. Um, so as you mentioned, we we do make. Uh, interactive pen displays for the uh, creative community. So animators, photographers, illustrators working with, you know, Disney, Pixar, Sony, any animated movie you see is done on Wacom uh, gear, as well as industrial design. Uh, take the automotive industry as an example. Uh, there isn't an automotive uh, uh, company that doesn't use Wacom gear to design on. But um, for uh, presentation, training rooms, classrooms, uh, Wacom is very big. Uh, our interactive pen displays are a great way to communicate with students, and we have a full line of uh, interactive pen displays that, that meet that need. Okay, so you're, you're getting into the whole collaborative and, and, and not as, I hate using smart board because it's, it's like saying Kleenex, but yeah. you know, it's smart board. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, what have you seen in the last few years that in that space that's kind of changed? Uh, well, people people wanting to uh, get get more involved with their with their students, be able to uh, do something that's more natural, new, more intuitive, and 
Um, Wacom pen displays really allow you to do that. They allow you to communicate easier with your students. Also, um, for recording reasons, we're seeing a lot of people recording their classes now and the capability for especially math and science and some languages to able uh, to record your lessons and play them later to either students that weren't there or for distance learning purposes. It's really fantastic. Excellent. What's, what's one or two things that you've seen on the show floor that kind of I too, I oh, too have been so Seriously, busy. I know it's sad. I'm sorry. Where's their PR people? You need to give these guys some time. Good lord! See, almighty. I am the PR people. So oh, well, then you need to give yourself some more time. All right, Doug. Thank you so All much right. for coming yep, by. Yep, I thank you very it. much. Thanks. All right. Speaking of, well, you're not you're not a PR person. This guy's. This is my buddy Sean. Yep. He is uh, from AMX. Um, he and I got to spend about an hour or so together today, mm -hmm. but. He, uh, he's gracious enough to come by and, and hang out with us. How are you, brother? I am doing fantastic. Good. Uh, my feet are just another story. Well, right? you know. But. You know, you should. Where's Lane? Lane, you need to get him fancier shoes or something. Yeah, exactly. He needs a, a raise. They did a good job on the on the carpet this year. Lots of lots of thick foam, so that helped. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of you guys that do, like, it's like 10 inches thick. Uh-huh. Exactly. Of course, by this time on Friday, it's, it's smashed down a bit. Yeah. Um, let, okay, so let's talk about AMX for a second, and and uh, we have two more gentlemen here real quick, and I'll get, get to Harry. Um, Brock mentioned the less expensive Madeira line. Yes. And uh, two years ago, when we started this this podcast, uh, George Tucker and Linda said, "Friendbees and my buddy Michael and I, uh, the first thing we did was a retrospective of Infocom. This mm -hmm. very this one two years ago." And uh, all of us agreed that the best product that year was the Madero. Mm -hmm. Still the sexiest touch yep. panel out there. Yep. Then talk to me in a minute because you've got, it, it's a less expensive one. Right, Yeah. right. Uh, it's just a lower price point, you know. Mm -hmm. um, explain kind of why that is and, and, and what makes it less expensive. Yeah, so... Um, you know, and you know the the challenges that uh, all AV control manufacturers are going through with iPads and other mm -hmm. tablet devices coming online. You really have to step up the game, right? And so uh, that's what we did with the Madero X launch. Is we looked at a completely different form factor, looking at the room and how people are using the room and using technology in the room, and that led us into that panoramic uh, uh, format for that display, and it's been very successful. Um, but we're not reaching all the spaces that we need to be reaching. We're reaching those boardrooms. We're reaching, uh, you know, decent-sized conference rooms. We'd like to get into those smaller rooms and those smaller spaces, and those are a little bit more cost-sensitive, right, yeah. based on the capital expenditure in those spaces. So that justified the need for a, a more economical line. Um, one thing about AMX, we take industrial design extremely seriously. Yeah. Um, our, it comes all the way down from our CEO. We were talking earlier. Yeah. Anything that the user sees or touches has got to be absolutely beautiful because unlike a tablet device or consumer device, when, they, when they're buying this equipment, it's going to be in the room for seven to ten years. And so it needs to look good uh, for seven to ten years. So when we went back to offer the economical line, we weren't going to do it in a fashion that you know, made it look you know, unpleasing aesthetically. So we applied some great industrial design to it and very cost effective. We were, you know, on those engineers for every penny as we designed it so we can offer something low cost and did it in a way that the industrial design has a consistent look and feel. So as you go from that huddle space all the way up into that executive boardroom across the organization, you're going to get a nice, consistent, elegant look and feel. Yeah, right? it, it ties it all together and makes it feel like it's it was... On purpose. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It, the one of the cool things that you showed me, and I, I'm looking through my notes for the actual 
spelling of this. Mm-hmm. Um, E-N-Z-O. There we go. Thank yep. you. See, Enzo. It's on the first page of my notes. Enzo. Yep. That thing was, to me, that was the coolest thing. Yep. Nothing against the Madero. Again, still sexy. Right, right. Uh, but that was cool. That was, that was uh, I am not going to say the word game changer, but revolutionary. How about yeah, that? I like it. I'll take it. Um, explain to people what it is and... and and for a second, what it does. Yeah, so um, a very different type of product, but um, a couple of problems. Very different. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing not for nothing. Y'all yep. are a control and switching company. Right, right. So go ahead. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, and it's interesting as technology companies involve, right? We've been around for 31 years, and, and it's becoming a lot less about the technology and a lot more about really looking at what is the problem we're trying to solve and for who, right? And, um, and because customers are wanting solutions. And we look at two problems and when we're addressing Enzo is when you're going into a conference room, no matter what the automation equipment's doing, you press the button. If your content's on the network drive, you're dealing with a Windows PC. You're turning it on and you're logging in. And it's taken about two to three minutes to do that just to get your content. The other aspect was we're having a lot of our customers come in and say, hey, I want a wireless way to get content from my mobile device up on the screen. And, and I, I don't want it just to happen with an Apple device. I want it to happen with an Android device and a Windows 8 device. So I need something agnostic, right? And so we took those two problems and said, what can we do differently here? Where can we apply some innovation? And it came up to about, and like we were telling, talking to you earlier, people are creating that content not on their tablet device, but at their desktop or laptop. And they want to be able to access it quickly inside the room. Well, they're getting that content to their mobile device through typically a cloud service, just because these mobile devices are a little kludgy when you plug in over USB, Mm -hmm. getting that drag and drop, right? So if you have a Dropbox folder on your desktop, literally you create your content there, drag it into a Dropbox folder, walk into the room, and it's all about how fast can we get that content out of that cloud onto that screen? How quickly can we do that? And we do that with a QR code. So you basically come into the room. It's always on. It's not a PC. It's an embedded device, no moving parts. Hit the button, QR code pops up, scan the QR code, and then we do have to get permission to put that content, you know, allow that content. So that's yes. what you're, that's all you need from your mobile phone. Scan that QR code, Dropbox asks you, would you like to share this content? Yes, and your content's instantly up on the screen. The other piece was, we said, okay, what happens after the meeting or after the class? People want a copy. Hey, can I get a copy of that presentation? Can I get a copy of that PDF? You have to go back, email out all that stuff, get everybody's email addresses, literally from the box itself, hit the share button, another QR code, everybody holds their phone up, whether they have Dropbox on their phone or not, scan the code, they get the PDF or PowerPoint instantly on their phone, all across the cloud. So we're not coming in and and interrogating a Wi-Fi network. Again, a lot of the corporate spaces we sell into, they're very concerned about Wi-Fi access. This doesn't require any Wi-Fi access at all. Basically, it's always a cell network going right to the cloud, authenticating and sharing that content. So it's really cool. I mean, we just basically took a problem, took the technology we had available to us, and applied it in a way to solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, real quickly, because I know you've got you to get out of here. Um, what was one or two things besides Enzo out, out mm-hmm. of your guys' that you that you really, really wanted to promote? And then what's one or two pieces of technology sure. you saw? Sure. So you talked a little outside bit Outside of your booth. Yeah, sir. So you, you, you talked a little bit about the Madero. Um, we had lots of uh, additions to our Nova line. So HTCP over fiber, uh, 64 by 64, and the big, the big boy, the 288 by 288, right? So uh, a lot of people have been asking for that. Um, lots of additions in our network media line, um, specifically an H.264 1080p 30 uh, encoder 
for a very, very aggressive price point. So, and that really go, and fits in with our network media portfolio. So that, that's all I'll, I'll finish saying about AMX. Um, 17, it's literally 17 new product announcements this show. It's un And that's a record. And that's a record for 17 new product announcements. So um, won't go into all that detail there, but if you want to check it out, amx.com and on our, so, our social media. Um, Coolest thing I saw at the show, and I think you probably had a few others on the show already, and I'm sure you were, uh, are pretty excited about this too, with the Sony 4K OLED, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. I know on the previous cast, you've been talking about OLED versus 4K, which one, yeah. and if, if they could truly offer both, that's amazing. I just wondered when that might happen. If it's 2050, I just hope I'm still alive to see it. You and me both, brother. And then, and then you know, you're trying to get, you know, they're, they're so protective, right? And you're trying to get around, how thin is this? And they're like, ah, No, they got back, two back, big back. old buffy security <laughs> guards protecting the stupid thing. But it was an absolutely stunning picture. Yes. Absolutely stunning picture. So Yeah, I, and that, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, hope it comes to market at some point. Does that mean I wasn't supposed to take a picture? Yeah. Yes, that means yeah. that. They're going to come after Harry with the samurai sword. Don't worry, your, your camera's not high enough resolution if you use, the, if you use something <laughs> to, to <laughs> properly render the picture. So you downconverted it for him. You're fine. If, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he has one of Brad Grimes' uh, Blackberries. So. Oh, I'm sure the Blackberry will be fine. <laughs> That's right. a good 640 by 480 resolution. It'll represent if it perfectly. That. All right, well, it was good to meet you in person. Yeah, Tim, no, same here. It. Same here, and again, thanks for having me on. I've got to go back and help him tear down the booth. But, I understand. Uh, it was great coming over and, and meeting you guys face-to-face, -face. Harry, uh, Matt, and, and Chris, and, and A.B. Don outside. Yeah. You're like celebrities, right? Oh, dear so Lord, stop it. really cool <laughs> meeting you guys face-to-face, -face, but really enjoy the cast, and thanks for letting us be a part of it. Absolutely. Don't, don't they have the, fa the face for radio? They Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's a reason. I mean, we had a guy from Broadcast Picks on earlier threatening me with video. No, no, no. There, there is no <laughs> Just video. Just telling you, he did. Don't shake that camera at me. Don't shake that camera at me. All right, yeah. Sean, hey, thank you. you have no much. microphone. We can't I appreciate hear what you're I, I, saying, There's man. a reason for that. Um, <laughs> all right, a couple more uh, new guys. And uh, Harry, I want to get, get your thoughts. But this gentleman right here who's, who's chiming in, uh, I have to get his new title here. He is Bradford Ben from Harmon. Business developer of electronic systems or something like that. Yes. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. He's one half of the Bradford and Matt show. That's why I brought Matt with don't, me. Don't, don't. He's going to put them on, isn't he? See He's going to mess up his hair, so he might not actually okay. put them on. I'll do it. I'll do right, it. I'll do it. All right. That, he, and there's Matt Scott Take again. one for the team. There's Matt Scott I'm again. Also with us is Oren. Uh, Oren Charm. Hi. Yes. All right. From Geffen, how are you, sir? I'm excellent. Thank you. Good. Thanks for coming. And Dave... Really? That's right. Hi, hey, look, hey, you know what? I'm Hi. betting a thousand today. You are. Uh, he's from Telelabs. So uh, we'll go around the horn here. Har Harry. Yes. Uh, you took a picture of the beam, uh, which we should be hearing from the uh, the, the CEO from from that in about uh, 10 or 20 minutes here. Besides the the uh, um, the Sheldon, the box and Shellbot, the Shellbot. What else did you see on the show floor that kind of knocked your socks off? Um. I liked Altenex's Muse. I know you guys talked about it already. No, it's, it's okay. We'll talk um, about it again. It's awesome. Figuring out how to get, I mean, it's only 150 watts, but it's enough to power a good number of displays Yeah. Um, over Cat 6. That works. <laughs> um, By the way, is it really Cat 6? Is it shielded? Is it What is it? Does it, doesn't it have to be shielded? We, we, were, we, we were having this debate. Yes. Because their marketing press sheet, which we don't really mention on this show, because they're press sheets. I don't care. But they, they say shielded. Okay. Everyone in the booth, even Including the VP the thing of on the wall. engineering, said unshielded. But and how they, far are they running? So they're, they missed a, somebody missed a meeting somewhere. Is somebody missed feet? a meeting or yeah. somebody's misunderstanding. Well, I meant in the booth. In the booth, they're run No, no, no. As in, they're even saying... Oh. 
yes, we will run 300 feet right. unshielded. Okay. In the booth, they're running unshielded Plus 30 I feet. I cheat every so often and go, eh, I don't feel like running out and buying another cable. No, I understand. Look, cat 3 cable, that'll be fine. <laughs> That's awesome. You can still wow. find that. That's called two paper clips. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't laugh. I saw somebody run uh, telephone wire as uh, as distributed audio once in a church. What do you mean once? I still see projects <laughs> like that. You know, I just like took that out last system. week. Oh, jeez. All right. Okay. I, I've been to South Africa. I've seen the worst racket. This wasn't in South world. Africa. This was in my hometown. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I, it is the I, best. I literally stripped hey, that, hey. that out of a site uh, two weeks ago. Wow. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's pretty. Can you tell we're professionals here? No. No. By the way, how is the the airport in Mumbai or wherever you were? Oh, I still haven't gotten it. So far behind. Seriously? It was supposed to open now. in February. It's okay. the Bangalore International Airport Terminal Expansion Number 1 was supposed to open for Valentine's Day. So my wife got me a nice romantic travel gift. And it was then, and by that I mean a water filter purification system. Post. Yes. Like they give me all the don't drink this, don't do that. I'm like, okay. so then it moves to March. Then it moved to April. Then it moved to July. So today I'm waiting to get the update. And I'm like, let me see. I get to go to India in June. <laughs> this is going to be fun. It's like when I went to Dubai in July and it was 107 Fahrenheit at Her- night. Harry, when did you I go to Kuwait? Say, dude, Kuwait in July, 135. You know the feeling. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they air-conditioned the parking garage in, in Dubai. It was the most surreal thing I'd ever seen. Wow. All right. Uh, what does Telelabs do, uh, Dave? Well, you said uh, game changer, so I guess I have to go with revolutionary. There we go. No, I said I, w- I don't want to say game changer because everybody's saying it. Okay. So I'll, get, I'll say game saver, changer. Okay. So, so what this is is. Hey, I've he got, brought it. Look I've got a that. prop. I'm going to hold nope. up to the microphone no, so everyone here. can yeah. experience it. I have to take it. a picture of it and tweet <laughs> it out and put it on the podcast notes. Okay, that's what I'll do. Yeah, this is a, a revolutionary device. I'll say it, revolutionary. Yeah, sure, um, what we do is video conferencing, um, uh, which is standards-based. So we're supporting SIP standard in that little box for $650. We also do our own cloud-based service. We also do Skype. There we go. Take a nice picture. As well as blue jeans. Okay. So you're working with everybody here. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. And, and explain to me because I, I had... You're holding it wrong. I'm holding it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing it, in, in, I'm doing it in, in portrait mode. This is portrait mode. He's holding it lovingly. I like the way he's this holding portrait it. portrait mode. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, the guy oh, from the oh, guy they from, just from one Beam. Guys from Beam is here, and 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 he brought a. a I was gonna say we've only been talking about assistant. it all day. So, so at what point, Tim, did you realize you lost control of this podcast? <laughs> as soon as, as, I soon sat as you down, sat down, or as soon as Matt joined as in, as soon as, no, you as, sat soon as down. I joined, I am always the last all right, hang guest. on, uh, real quickly. Um, sure. So I, I talked with a couple other video conferencing people today, yeah. and explain to me SIP and that standard. Yeah, so it's a session initiation protocol. It's all about how we get these different uh, manufacturers' devices to talk to each other, right? So you're talking about Polycom, Cisco, LifeSize, and now Labs as well. Uh, if you have a, a bridge, if you have a server, this is how they all talk to each other. Uh, and this is what enables us to have, well, what I think addresses the biggest part of the market, the, the biggest unrealized potential for video conferencing, which is all those huddle rooms, those middle-sized conference rooms where you can't justify a $20,000 system. Yeah. Now you can have this, and you can plug it into your infrastructure, and you can really afford to let everyone who actually meets in those meeting rooms and does work participate in video conferencing. Wow. Very good. All right, uh, Geffen, talk to me. Yes. You guys, good Lord. <laughs> he has a real name. Don't call him by this brand. That's impolite. Avi Harman. Nation. Harman. Avi Nation. Harman. Avi Nation. At least I can call you Bradford Grimes. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> yeah, what were you ever thinking putting Bradford and I Brad don't on the know, same show on the same But I should day. do it one more time just to say, just to prove that I can do it. Oh, I'd pay money to see that. I got or money. Definitely. You yes. have. You actually just got a promotion. Of course, you have money. Uh, or I've been using you guys' stuff forever. Um, yes. t- one dollar. And the dollars on the table. <laughs> it's dollar Americans. <laughs> we have, have have Matt here. We should we should. They, they just put the beam in a timeout. Uh, <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> she, was, she was making a little bit of noise. Um, what'd you guys bring this year, and, and what's exciting for you? Well, we brought a couple of new products. Uh, I'm basically in charge of the automation side. So okay. we have our Gava system, which is our Geffen audio video automation. And we've added some new features to it now that allow you, uh, we're integrating a lot with Lutron for control. So we're able to actually repurpose a ordinary light switch to act as an AV controller. And we have a new system that uh, kind of started out as a video extender over IP that's turned into a giant video matrix over IP that allows you to build any size video matrix and control it with our GAVA control system mm-hmm. um, just using a, a managed switch instead of uh, a giant uh, matrix fabric. You guys have some HD-based T stuff as well. A lot of HD. A lot of HDB. A lot of HD stuff. Is that how did you? I I I ask this a lot of both uh, AV, a, AVB people and, and HD based T. How did you go about deciding that's the that's the the track you wanted to go down? Well, uh, actually, we didn't. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Va- Valens came to us with some interesting technology, and we said, uh, "Gee, we could brand that, and we could go out there and sell it." So we were selling what we were calling. Um, ELR, Geffen ELR technology, and uh, here's a new way that we can go from three cat sixes down to one cat five and still get 1080p video. And all of a sudden, Valens turned out to, uh, they hired some marketing person, they decided to start marketing HD base T, and all of a sudden, a guy is saying, uh, I, th- I think people know what HD base T is, maybe we should start telling them that that's what we're doing. So uh, we were like first out of the gate with it as our own private branded product, and then uh, now we're doing all kinds of stuff with yeah. it. Yeah, I, I was very what, What's one or two things, uh, obviously besides the stuff you guys you guys brought that you've seen the, that have has kind of pushed things forward for you? Uh, one of the things I've been seeing, I, I, I really haven't spent much time on the show floor this time because I've been doing demos all day long. But in talking to people, uh, there seems to be a, a rescaling of the of the integration process, um, where people were talking before about uh, uh, doing uh, home automation or conference room automation or building automation, and there seems to be a kind of a common awareness that it's more about solving problems and uh, doing tasks than it is about automating everything. So we're seeing a lot of people, we're talking about, you know, maybe you don't want to automate the conference room, maybe you just want to have a button that lets the chairman walk in and show his PowerPoint presentation on the screen without having to bring in two AV technicians to hook it all up. So there's that new concept that you can just solve a problem, solve a couple of problems, and use the automation and integration tools to do it, rather than having to start with the total scope of the project, and then try to figure out how many places you can put it. Yeah. So uh, well, I'm seeing that, a lot of that. So when it comes to that, uh, real quickly, because uh, I didn't, when you get you going and, and some other people in here, um, have you done anything at all with NFC with with that, like where, where the 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 chairman can walk in and 
the NFC senses that he's there because of the tag and does certain things? We haven't yet. I mean, we're, we're kind of keyed into that. One of the interesting things about Gava is that because it's an IP-based product, uh, just about any communications that end up on the network that are accessible to it can be used to trigger other things. So as long as, if we have an application that requires it, as long as we have something that can read the NFC tags and say, you know, the chairman is in the room, we can say if the chairman's in the room, turn on his microphone and yeah. make his PowerPoint show up on the screen. Um, we're still getting into that whole application side of things. We're, we're able to do a lot, of, uh, a lot of different things and trying to figure out which ones are marketable. Uh, one of the things I was talking uh, today, one of our you know, sister companies, Core Brands, has this Blue Bolt stuff that does power management. And uh, I started thinking about it last night and saying, well, we can have a button on our system that will turn off every piece of equipment in the room. And it does that through IP, through IR, through RS-232, and it puts all the equipment in standby mode. Well, now I've got three dozen pieces of equipment in standby mode. I said, what if I connected all that equipment to a Blue Vault power supply and I talked to that via IP, and after I've got everything in standby mode, I can kill all the power and shut everything off. And then when I come in in the morning, hit a button, power the rack on, give it 10 seconds, and then turn everything on. So it's a, an interesting application where we can do a lot of energy savings beyond uh, what the equipment does in standby and hopefully get around the problem that we've seen where some equipment to save energy, when you put it in standby mode, it turns off the IP connection. And that you can do that because it, it's, it's you guys and the other core brands, and that helps. It helps. I mean, we could do it. You uh, could do it with others, it's, too. It's but nice but that they do it, but, but I said, nice here's a nice energy yeah. where we can take the two products and make them work together, and because we can talk over the local network to that product, we can control it um, independent of all the other systems in the, uh, all the other products in the system. Well, Oren, thank you so much. Oren's with, thank you. with Geffen and Dave Curley from, uh, from Telelabs. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'll need to talk to you because a few people keeps telling me I'm doing video sometime soon, so. <laughs> I can't avoid I it. Yeah, I, you can't avoid it. So. You know, they do make wrestling masks. Uh, oh, dude, we should totally do that. Yeah, I'd be up for it. The Mexican, Get me a zombie Mexican the wrestling Mexican, match. What do they call The Mexican... La Lubio Leche. La Lubio Leche, yes. I used to watch uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. when I was a kid, so it's the only one I know. <laughs> By the way, that guy next to you, do you know him? No, don't know him yet. This is Bill Brown. Hi, Bradford hey, Ben. BD hey, Brown how Communications, are how are you? I am doing great, too. Good. You actually uh, let me on for two segments? I cool. do. Tara uh, Dowdle? Doddle? That's right. All right, she's from Corning. And she this is, okay, this is the cool thing about this, and, and Bill and, and Bradford will get to you in a second. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, who? Yeah, sure, yeah. If there's if there's nobody that's been on, you know, get them on. Well, I need my sidekick, Matt. To you do my not need Matt Scott on here. <laughs> um you, you were, you're, I don't know if it was, well, it was you that emailed me or, or one of the, the PR companies that emailed me, but um, it was your new Gorilla Glass. And the fact that, the fact that you're showing it in FOBOM, I think is, is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, we, we, we all and everybody that's been on, on the show today and, and technologists and people smarter than me will tell you that, that we are moving as big as we are with all the different displays as well as moving smaller into mobile and, you know, touch and, and, and this, that, and the other. So that's why I actually just wanted to meet you and, and get you on and, and, you. and talk to you guys about, about Corning, you know, and, you. and the glass. 
Yeah, so I'm probably not your uh, traditional guest that you have no. on your, on your uh, podcast, broadcast. So thank you very much Absolutely. for having me. Um, so I work for Corning Incorporated. We are a uh, glass and ceramics materials science company with a history of over 160 years of innovation. And the business that I'm representing is Corning's Gorilla Glass business. And you've, you're probably familiar with Corning Gorilla Glass, but I'm representing the large Gorilla Glass business. <laughs> <laughs> so bigger gorillas? Bigger yes, gorillas, bigger gorillas. <laughs> if you can imagine such a thing. Now we came to Infocom last year and uh, here we are again, so this is our second year here. And so, you know, what are we talking about? Well, yeah, we're talking about glass. And so if you're thinking about AV, you know, how does glass relate to that, right? What's, what's the connection? Why are you here at Infocom and why are you on this podcast? So what does Gorilla Glass do? What's the advantage, you know, the value it's proposition? <laughs> That's oh, I right. I think a lot's happening. <laughs> I'm like sitting there going, let's see, we have all these expensive displays. If right. I'm, if I'm guessing and not trying to steal your thunder. But no, no, please. All these expensive displays, especially if you look at scoreboards in mm -hmm. high schools, you got all these displays in airports, you've got mm -hmm. all, all these places, and vandalism, damage, et cetera, putting Gorilla Glass in front of it's probably better than you know, replacing it every three years. So I think you're absolutely heading in the right direction there. So Corning Gorilla Glass has the damage resistance of products that are two to three times thicker. So if you walk the show floor, you have a look at some of these displays, they've got a very thick, heavy cover glass on the front of it. And so what you're able to do with Corning Gorilla Glass is you're able to have a much thinner cover on the front of these displays without compromising that damage resistance. And so as you look at this trend of 4K, 2K, and we can debate whether the content's out there or not and, you know, how fast this is going. I don't want to debate. It's there. Let's okay. go. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, we're debating about 3D later. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, but certainly you don't want to have a thick cover on the front of it in order to protect it and then you, you lose the quality of the image. And so what I did was I brought some glass <gasps> and I thought we could break some glass. How do you feel about that? Okay. Okay, so cool. Bradford? Shall I? Uh, I should have brought okay. my Dr. Destrucco outfit. <laughs> okay, so what I have here is three pieces of glass. The first one I'm going to give you is called um, non-strengthened soda lime, which basically means that this is the same type of sort of window glass that you would see on some of these displays that are out there on the shop floor. Very thick, very heavy. It's an abraded glass dem uh, demonstration. So what it means is we've taken this glass, we have um, scratched the surface. So we've introduced the floor into the surface of the glass. I'm gonna hand the glass over to you here. I'm gonna hand you this uh, metal stylus. What you're gonna do is go ahead and press down into the center of it. And what you should see is when you do that, um, basically, when you have any kind of floor or crack or scratch, breaks really easily, right? Will you testify? I, that was easy. That, Absolutely. that was easier than opening a beer. Absolutely. <laughs> That's so, what I usually think of when I'm breaking glass. What can okay. I say? You keep the mat there. You keep the okay. stylus there. Okay. Second piece of glass I'm going to give you. So you could take that regular piece of glass and you can put it through a chemical strengthening process which makes it a little tougher but again you know if it gets damaged in any kind of way any kind of scratch any kind of floor in the glass it's a little harder to break but press down oh other end there you go other end okay it's so a, a, a trick stylus a trick stylus exactly. there it goes that's a little harder a that's, little harder to break but hands. still Yep. Okay. Now what I'm showing here is, again, all three pieces of glass are the same thickness. So now I'm going to hand over a piece of Corning Gorilla Glass. And again, also the center of the glass has been damaged. It's been abraded a little bit there. And what you'll find is that, you know, even when that happens, because of Corning's uh, on, proprietary fusion process, 
And then also the... Uh, <laughs> you're going to stamp it down. <laughs> okay. Now, now I'm worried I might, uh, you might put the stylus through your hand and I'll be taking you to hospital later and you'll be suing me. That's impressive. <laughs> so, you know, so our, our secret sauce, if you like, the Corning Gorilla glass composition enables us to chemically strengthen the glass to, to a depth of layer that makes it damage resistant, scratch resistant. And so even though, you know, just for comparison, comparative purposes, all three are the same thickness, it means that you could go to a much thinner uh, cover glass on the front. So you end up with, you know, advantages for your display, such as weight reduction, mounting and transportation savings, um, great uh, transmission, optical picture quality. If it's a touch display, um, because the glass is thinner, you end up with a much more touch-sensitive uh, device because now your finger is closer to the sensor. And then also it addresses the issue of parallax. So if you're stood there, you've got a big display and you're touching it, you end up with an optical illusion if you have a very thick cover on the front of it because where you think the sensor is and where it actually is, is not correctly aligned. Now, if you get the chance, you know, do... Um, well, actually, it's probably a bit late now because yeah. it's 4 o'clock. It's 4 o'clock. But... Um, in the booth, we were, we were actually showing three, uh, three different products, if you like, which feature Corning Gorilla Glass on the front of it. One of them is a 55-inch multi-touch display by Microsoft, and that's a touch display, and it was actually launched um, at Infocom last year. On the opposite end uh, of, the, of the spectrum, if you like, uh, we were also showcasing a new line of glass marker boards by Egan Visual, which feature Corning Gorilla Glass on the front of it. Wow. And so again, uh, you know, addressing the same issues, delivering solutions for you know, corporate environments, education environments, whereby a very thin glass is on the front, you don't compromise uh, the damage resistance, but you can mount it much easier. If you think about glass marker boards right now, they're very thick, they're very heavy. The one we have in the booth is attached to the wall with pieces of Velcro. And so it's thinner. And so, you know, if you try to use magnets with these kind of marker boards, um, because the traditional current kind of glass marker board is very thick, you end up having to use sort of rare earth um, magnets, which are expensive. And so now Gorilla Glass is thinner. You could actually just use a regular, regular magnet for it. And then wow. the, the third product that we have in there, which uh, I really wish you guys could have come and seen it, it was actually uh, a prototype that we built in our lab. We called it uh, Corning Gorilla Glass for Infinite Edge Designs. And what we did was we took three 46-inch displays, and then using our Gorilla Glass and an optical film solution, basically we um, created what we call an immersive experience such that um, we were playing Gran Turismo on there. And while you're driving, you know, it creates, um, it, it hides the bezel. So it looks like... Um, basically, that th there's no frame there, and all three three screens uh, were one. So, oh, wow. so it, it was a lot of fun. So now you have me interested beyond the display. Exactly. Sorry, I'm no, taking over you're your fine, show. You're fine. So <laughs> this is why you have me on last. That's no, know. that's why I have you on. Period. So I'm thinking uh, projectors and camera lenses and things like that. Is Gorilla Glass at that high resolution that there can be camera lenses that you don't have to worry of? getting the, you know, giving to the fifth grader who's going to not only put fingerprints on it, but poke it with a stick. Not that I ever did that, but is it at that level of resolution yet? So it has great transmission, certainly higher transmission than uh, other competitive glasses that we have seen. 
Um, we have not looked at the camera lens market. We are looking, you know, so Gorilla Glass is a cover glass um, that we're looking at for high-performance displays. It's currently 1.5 billion devices in the market that feature Corning Gorilla Glass. I don't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> as he points to his iPhone. One of many. So, but I'm, I'm, as a hobby photographer, I'd be like, oh, if I can get a circular polarizer that both protects it and gives me my camera effects, I'd pay two or three times the price. So, uh -oh. and uh -oh. I, I uh -oh. want a free one now. Do I, do I have your word on that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am not cheap when it comes to protecting my investments. Yeah. Well, when it comes down to it, I mean, really what Corning's trying to do is show you that that, that glass is really driving innovation in, in many different areas here. And Corning is also, um, I don't know if you saw our Day Made a Glass video that came yes, out a couple right. of years ago. I mean, it went viral on YouTube because people looked at that video and it really resonated with them because they saw, you know, a home environment, a work environment, seamless communication between your displays, your devices, everything that you're doing, managing complex information and it's modern, and it's clean, and, and they really like that, and it resonated with them, and, and they want to see that. And so, you know, obviously as a material science company, we're driving towards that vision, that vision of ubiquitous displays, displays everywhere. But it's not just Corning, there's other companies that are working on making that vision happen, and I think you've seen some of it on the, on the show floor that are, awesome. that are driving towards that. All right, well, but thank you so much for coming you. by. Thank you. You're I right, you're, you're, you're not a, a typical AV uh, no, you, but no. you know what? No, her more. This is <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Can we talk about the fiber optic and multi-mode versus regular mode? Oh, right there. there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tim. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Steve, why don't you grab that real quick, please? Uh, also with us is, is Bill Brown, BD Brown Communications. How are you, brother? I am doing great. Go ahead. How did you up to? Well, this is uh, Friday at Infocom. That's yes. what to say there. <laughs> um, BD Brown Communications um, is, is up to um, helping end users and integrators and manufacturers uh, connect with... Um, I guess the market um, better than we have done in 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 the past, and the the big part of my uh, my business is um, helping people make smart technology decisions. And smart technology decisions start with conversations. Yeah. Um, and most of the times, when um, there are challenges uh, in uh, uh, technology. Um, decisions that are happening is because people are not talking about it they're just looking at the the um, the bright flashy um, Ooh, interesting things right um, and um, and or they can afford it so let's get it and yeah. then we have to, to deal with it so um, through that through that process I um, I am opening up a technology center and a technology center that will have um, an exhibit hall space and, and, and places where um, manufacturers and, and thought leaders in our industry can talk about how we can um, help people utilize technology in their organizations better instead of just selling them stuff. Yeah. And so that's what, um, that's what I'm up, up to, that's what I'm excited about, and I'm uh, glad to be able to uh, be able to uh, Tell everybody about it. Did you get a chance to go on the show floor? Yes, uh, a little bit. It's it's kind of interesting being an, an exhibitor for the f for the first time, and seeing um, Infocom as an exhibitor 
it's it really reduces <laughs> the show showdown. Um, the nice ten by ten, right? With yeah, the same like, carpet and your guy across the hall, right? And that's and that's Infocom, and so it's like, well, it's a little more manageable or, or something or you know, something. There wasn't as many people coming uh, past my booth as. Um, um, I would have thought, but um, but it was st still great. A lot of uh, good feedback, and so a lot of um, uh, partners that I would like to have, you know, throughout the technology centers that we set up, I was able to connect with and and um, continue that conversation uh, after the show. But it was really great to see some of the exciting things that um, our industry is is bringing, um, and and really um, uh, really moving uh, moving the dial forward. Um, and, um, and and being able to, when we have those conversations, and when we, you know, get back and talk to you know some some of my clients and potential clients, that um, now I know that there are not just um, people that want to get technology in your place, but they really want to help you get your mission and your vision out there. Well, actually, I, I wanted to bring Steve on, because first of all, you were on for two seconds. Uh, but the other reason is because what, what he's doing is it reminds me a lot of, of, of you, some of your clients um, in technology. Um, when it comes to that and, and pushing that forward, um, whether it's you know the education guys that you have, the boardroom guys, mm -hmm. um, you are really good, and, and you remind me a lot of you guys reminding of each other because that's where you start. You start at the conversation level. You start at what is it that you want to do. Sure, you sure, know. and and I think that that's really where we come in, and, and we're most effective. I, I, you know, we, we've been trying to change that for a lot of years, where we've been brought in as as somebody who's just got to get the job done to somebody who helps to define the job and. Um, uh, uh, the effectiveness in, in what we do and, and our deliverable as programmers is, is writing code. But what, what we help to do is to identify the need and provide the proper solution, which is ver very similar to yeah. what you just described. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, I think that almost applies to everyone uh, because now, especially with the big box and the Internet, which we all have to explain why the hardware is not the commodity. It's the smarts that we all bring that right. is what makes it. Because I've, I've put in sound systems where, uh, what's the polite way to put it? The operator is definitely the weak link in the chain. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at all the modern technology and it can get overwhelming. I think it's a, it's a key concept to make the technology useful. Right. And the, 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 the big thing is when we don't have that conversation, um, there's an ex expectation put on the technology, and then when that technology or the operator doesn't meet that expectation, then oh, all technology is bad right. or it's too expensive. Yeah. Well, the right technology isn't as expensive as the wrong technology in your organization. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. All right. Uh, Mr. Brown, thank you so much. Hang around if you, you would, please, but uh, let's, let's try to sw switch some other people in here. Wonderful. Uh, we are talking right now. Uh, by the way, you're listening to AV Week. Thanks for so much for doing so. Run. What is your last name? Balgley. Balgley. And Chris James, you guys are from Immersive Technology. Real yep. quickly, first, what is Immersive and what do you do? Immersive Technologies is a venture-backed uh, software company based in Denver, Colorado. So our charter is to, we're a little bit different. Uh, we're a software company uh, in the AV industry, which I know is a, is a burgeoning trend, but I think it's still probably more in the minority than the majority. And what we do is we use our software to leverage commodity display hardware and commodity off-the-shelf computers to bring high-performance AV to a much broader part of the market. So think about uh, uh, clustering inexpensive projectors, using our sole edge blending technology to create big seamless displays. Don't have to worry about projection rooms and throw distance and new construction. Um, 
our new Solstice products that we launched uh, here in February mm -hmm. allow people to turn with our software a Windows 7 PC uh, into a video switch uh, with control and content publishing from their mobile device. Um, so a little bit different, a uh, different way of looking at the business. We're, we're sort of sitting at the center of the storm between AV and IT convergence, uh, you know, software commoditizing hardware, and of course the theme of the show was collaboration, and Solstice is a wireless collaboration yeah. product. So who is, your, who is your client? I mean, is it, is, it a, is it the dealer, or are you talking to... We only sell direct. Okay. Uh, we sell through resellers and OEMs, and so we're working through the same channels that uh, all the big legacy hardware guys are working through. But, uh, you know, we, we, we clearly uh, have gotten the attention of some of the bigger reseller organizations, bigger OEMs. We work with Delta, we work with Sapphire rep groups, Visitech, people like that, Whitlock, Electrosonic. Uh, I think it's a generational thing. I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the younger guys and gals are realizing that software is here and, you know, it's another way to create, you know, uh, a solution for their customer. And uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit evangelical, you know, it mm -hmm. takes time. But uh, it's happening. We're IT guys, though. We're yeah. software guys. Yeah, Chris is a former, uh, you know, uh, professor of computer science at University right. of Kentucky. Yeah. So we view most of these problems completely differently than you would if you were a traditional AV guy. And we kind of get two bites of the apple because our first software product allows you to build really high-resolution, seamless displays quickly and easily. So imagine, you know, a traditional command and control center, but you can't put that in your general-purpose conference room. Well, you can do that with Sol. It's you know, six projectors on a wall. Sure, spray it up there use our camera, auto-align it, you know, Whitlock can come in and do that in a matter of hours. Once you have that, though, now you have to go buy video switching hardware to access it. Well, that's what we just launched about four months ago. Oh, wow. It's called Solstice. Open up your laptop, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever it is, and start sharing media over the existing network. And in fact, anybody can control anything and you know, it's, it really transforms what it means to collaborate in those rooms. So that's what the client looks like. Of course, we're not connected to a Solstice server, but you can take a picture of that or check that out. So basically what you're able to do, you know, essentially what that's going to look like is that's where you publish and that's where you control. So if you had media published, you could use that radar screen and you could control the media. You can also publish from your Android, your iOS, Mac OS X, Windows. You know, what's interesting for us is that we've been in the market with Sol for a number of years. We come out of simulation space. So Chris and the team understand the high-end caves and domes and calibrating 30 projectors for flight simulator. The right. challenge has been bringing that into the conference room. We've been able to do that in the yeah. last year or two with some of our partners. But it creates a virtuous cycle between I've got a big display, I want to do BYOD. Or, I, you know, I want to do BYOD and I need a big display. So Sol and Solstice are, 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 are in this interesting relationship right now in the channel because people are beginning to realize that the more I do BYOD, the more screen real estate I'm going to need. Yeah, because what happens is now you've got aggregation from content from all those devices. That's the driver for pixels at that point. If you've got a 4K panel and you're looking for 4K content as the single source, that's a different conversation than we have four HD feeds and it's super trivial for me to hit a button and put it on the screen. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So, what, um, Chris, what, what, yes, go ahead. I was going to interject for Yeah, the, absolutely. Please do. So, this is me playing host and doing exposition that for That is fine. You. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with the term, BYOD is bring your own data, which is becoming more and more common. Bring your own device. No, data. Device. <laughs> data. Device. <laughs> yes, I set you up for that. So, that's why I wanted yeah. you to clarify. We, Are you we thought it was data? bring your own date. Oh, uh, yeah. my wife <laughs> listens to this podcast, so I can't comment on that. But so and, my, and my wife is here, so. <laughs> so that was actually why I wanted to clarify. Is it bring your own device or bring your well, own data? Well, it's a little of both because what ends up happening is the data gets stovepiped in the device. Okay. So we'll, we'll sell to customers that are in consumer packaged goods or whatever that have, 
you know, uh, 3D renderings of the next Nike shoe, and then over here they've got spreadsheet data, and it's stuck on that iPad versus right. that laptop. So yeah, so we just unify all that. We run on all those platforms and just let you put them both on the screen at the same time, control each other's data, delete it if you want. So you're not data warehousing at all? It, no. The data still lives with them? We are a pixel transport architecture. Just want to make sure yep. that I was understanding, because I was thinking, bring your own data, and I was like, hmm. That, how's that work? Yeah, right. Seamless data transport is a much <laughs> harder problem. No. I got nothing. It's, All right, guys. Thank you so much. It's ambiguous. Yeah, you. yeah sure. Well, let's get a couple more people in here. And Great. thanks. You, we've been talking about you all day, dude. In a good way? In a good way. <laughs> I do think uh, it's funny I'm on, what, session number three with you. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kick you off here in a second, though. Sweet. Uh, Scott. <laughs> no, I have to tear down the booth. Keep me on to the very end. Oh, we'll okay. talk hockey I, for an hour. All right, we'll talk hockey. We'll bring Matt on. We'll record the podcast. Uh, the gentleman at the end of the booth is, uh, at the end of the table here, is Scott. Scott is the uh, CEO of Suitable Technology, better known this week, at least, as Beam. How are you, brother? Uh, you know, a little bit tired. Long, uh, oh, long week. I don't doubt it. But you are, you are the uh, the talk of the town, as it, as it were. Um, everybody that's, that's come onto the booth or in, into the show here, uh, I'll ask them. You know, what's what's one or two things that has really that has really kicked you up, and and you were one of them. So, I, I'm uh, I'm flattered because we were in the back of the the convention hall because as first time. Uh, exhibitors at a convention, they put you in the back of the bus. Yeah, you get the, you get the little crumbs, and uh, so we were way back there. So it's great that you took a nice walk back there. Are you closer to the show floor than this room, or? Hey. <laughs> I I figured out I could. I was walked over a half a mile to get here. Yes, I'm um, gonna count that as my exercise for that. That is good exercise. We yeah. we uh, actually drove our um, our beam completely from our booth all the way over to here. And it was perfect the whole entire way, except until we get into your, your room here. This is a vault. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you that. Yeah, it's like a Faraday cage, <laughs> it I is, think. It is. And, so. uh, you have to get a new set of tires. After yes. That. No, no, the tires, the tires, the tires are, are fine. We actually test our beams before we ship them out to customers. They go for a 100-kilometer test um, on rollers, and we test them. Okay, real quickly, cool. before we continue on, okay. explain to people, please, what, what beam is and, and why, why you're here. Well... I would love to be able to explain it, but we found that's easier to understand it when you see it in person. And I understand the this medium probably does not uh, show pictures very well. I'm going to make a post a video. Yeah. So um, Beam, we call it's a remote presence device, and or more importantly, a remote presence system. It's a system for being remotely somewhere else. And um, well. Deborah couldn't make it in here, but uh, <laughs> she's out in the hall and she's talking to people and stuff like that. She has a good time. It's it's uh, it's a video in the simplistic form. It's a video conferencing system, which you guys all know about. that do audio and video. That can so one idea is that video conferencing is really cool. Everyone loves it. Video conferencing, really high fidelity video conferencing, and as a human, moving around is really cool, right? I mean, if you couldn't move around, it'd be not so. It cool. would stink, yes. Yeah, yeah. And some people can't move around, which is... Um, so, but I find when I video conference some, to someone in traditional... I can't move around. I'm, I'm stuck on a wall. Like, I'm big on a wall, and I'm stuck. Like, I'm Velcro, and I can't move around. I can't even move my... I can't even move anything, right? And so... And, and you can't go outside. Like, you're in a meeting room. You can't go outside into the hallway and, and continue talking to somebody. You can't go down the hall into the cafe and still talk to people. And you can't go into the cubicle. You can't go into the manager's office. You, you, can't, you can't move around as if you were there. 
So what we think is if you, if you take video conferencing and you take the idea of motion, move, mobility, um, and you combine them together, you get something that's bigger than the parts. It's actually, uh, it allows you to do things that you couldn't do before. You can have video conferencing anywhere you want it and not where you don't want it. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I wanted, I wanted to do this little skit, this little ad for Beam, and, and it's going to go like this. It's going to start off, and you're going to see a guy, and he's Velcroed to the wall. And he's holding up a little frame, and he's talking, and saying, hey, I have the best thing for you, and doing a little PowerPoint presentation and stuff like that, right? And then, um, and then we're going to switch it, say, oh, and then we have a Beam, and then you're like, and you're moving, and you're actually a part of the table. You're, you're talking, and you're a, a place at the table. You're equal to everyone. And then when the meeting ends or whatever, you can follow someone out into the hallway, and you can seal a deal right then and there in the hallway where a lot of stuff happens, right? Or in someone's office, right? And showing that, you know, um, that video conferencing can be a lot more than what we currently have. I mean, we have it on our phones and stuff like that, which is, you know, pretty good, but you don't still have control over what you're looking at. You have what they're looking at, what they want you to see. So, and I find that after like 20 minutes in a space, in any space, I can map out, I can tell you exactly what it looks like. Yeah. And I've never been there. The other day I, I beamed down to uh, an XPRIZE event down in, uh, from, um, in Southern California. And I was there for two days and I did a lot of talks and talked to a lot of people and it was really great. And then a couple of weeks later, I was talking to somebody else and I was like, hey, I was just down in San Diego and I had to catch myself. I was like, no, actually it was not. I actually beamed down there the whole entire time but in my mind, I thought I was actually there because it was all visual. It was all mm -hmm. interactive. I was talking with people. I was I was part of little breakout groups and all that stuff. I, uh, I, I, you and I talked earlier, and I, I made the comment: it's it's not robotics. It's it's a personal video conferencing system. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, you take this, you know, wherever you go. And and Don mentioned the fact that it's the Sheldon. It was you guys. Your your prototype was the Shellbot. Yeah, those guys. Uh, they contacted us. Um, we had this like New York Times article on the front page, and uh, I think it's Warner Brothers, right? They I'm sure I get it right. They um, they contacted us and say, "Oh, we love this thing. It looks like something that Sheldon could have made." Yeah. And we're like, "Yeah, because we made it in like three months." Um, and so we we went from design to you know we built thirty of those units that you saw in Big Bang Theory. In, in three months, which is actually really fast to build something. Um, and because we were, I, I'm on the mind that you want to fail fast with everything. Um, like you want to, you want to put yourself in situations where you fail fast so that you go, ah, so you don't waste your time. Yeah. And so that's my philosophy for everything, even relationships. And, uh, so and also for the St. Louis Blues, apparently. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't didn't the the, the devils they didn't even make didn't it. the devils beat the blues to the golf course this year? Yes, the devils did not even okay. make it. But at least they're still. I can't even make fun of them anymore. No, you the can't. devils are. Yeah, but at least I got to go to a game. You did. So. You did. Well, next All time right. you can beam in. Yeah. Yes, to the game. that would be excellent. You can no. actually be on the, you know, in the in the on the ice. No, don't don't. Yeah, Scott, don't get don't, crazy. You don't want to encourage <laughs> me. Trust don't me. Don't get crazy. All no, right, no, thank no. You. You, you you laugh, but I'm actually working on that. Oh, I want to do that. I, can, yeah, we think I'm that there. There, we think there's money there. You know? I'm there. Yeah, like you could be on the sidelines of NFL 
games. There is can, money there. There Absolutely. is money there. Having I'll, been there, I yes. would pay to do it again. I would pay to do it again, too. Yeah. yeah. You can go out in the field because they can't really trust you actually on the field, right? But you can actually beam onto the field and actually be anywhere you want, you know? So. Nice. I'm thinking Tecmo Bowl with Bean. Chicago Bears. I want to be on the Bears. Oh, I've already right. been on there, so. See, you know what? All right, thank you seriously, Scott, for, for stopping by. Sorry for sure. destroying uh, that are, fun, but. You are, uh, you, you, yeah, yeah like thank I said, you so you, much. You were the talk of the, the talk of the day. All right. Um, we, we should post a video of the Bean we should. outside. We should. We, we've been taking videos and trying to do vines, so. Here, you get, will be get over there. Talking about the Bean for where's, a while. Uh, where's Mr. Scott? Where's my sidekick? Mr. Mr. Scott is keeping Deborah the virtual. Uh-oh. Oh, go figure. Matt Scott's <laughs> hair strikes He's again. He's up the uh, virtual presence right. device in the hallway. He'll be in in a moment. Um, let's do this, guys. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank, I'm going to call you my team, but, but, but you're, you're, you've become my family, and I, I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, this week, you guys have been great. Um, Infocom has been great. They've been very good hosts. Uh, Steve and the Meads and Mr. Neto, Tucker, who's not here anymore, and, and Matt Scott and his hair. We were roommates for a couple nights, so... Uh, I'm going to give you guys the last word. Um, last year, it was the it was the year of uh, somebody said the year of eh, or the year of incremental change. Last Infocom. So what, uh, Harry? We'll start with you. What was this year? Once you get done talking, you can give it to him. Yes. Um. <laughs> done talking. Well, there was. Yes, he's never done talking. <laughs> which means he'll never get the mic. Which means which Scott means will never get the mic. Which means Matt's going to get the mic. The show never ends. The show never oh, ends. It's like the Bradford and, Ma- and Matt. This is the show that never ends. It'll be the Bradford and Matt, and Matt uh, podcast next. Or is it the Ben and Scott podcast? It's the Bradford and Matt Scott podcast. Yeah. Bradford and Matt Scott? Yes. Yes. No, it'd be Bradford, Ben, and Matt Scott. No, Bradford and Matt Scott. Okay, we're confused. <laughs> it's Mr. It's Mr. A.V. Don's I was going to yes, say. it's Mr. A.V. Okay, Don's Okay, kids, come on now. Um, Tell us what we missed. <laughs> wow. While there was still a lot of, oh, look, as, as, one, as one unnamed projector representative said to me, it's projectors. They're brighter, cheaper, and use a little less energy this year. Yay. (laughs) Um, He didn't hold any illusions as to what was going on. But uh, while there was still a lot of that, there was a few things that were floating around, like like the fact that uh, the, what is it, Altenex piece, the Muse. Yeah. um, Actual live... Virtual presence devices. What was her name again? Deb- Deborah. Was Deborah. Deborah was the one who was out in the hall who kept having 4G issues every time she came into the vault here. But but we also talked to Lyra so earlier and a few other. The, the, their entire booth at the show was staffed by people that are currently in Palo Alto, California. They yeah. were all here virtually except for the gentleman that was in here speaking with us. Yeah, wow. they had one live human and about eight or nine beams. Oh, I would so love that. No more plane flights. <laughs> um, but what most struck me about the show is the fact that it seems like, and I've told this to a few people, it seems like we are one or two years out from some really crazy stuff in AV with networking, with with a whole lot, just between HD base T getting as big as it is with um, AV maybe actually adding some V. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but with all of these things with interoperability and, and everything else, it just seems like we're about one or two years away from just a crazy explosion of a different way of doing things. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. So, Bradford, you're, yes, sir. Uh, what's what's you know what where where are we at this year? What was this year's theme? Well, it sounds odd, but I'm seeing the true convergence of video, audio, and data all together to become one big system. It was a show for me. I never actually left the booth. I I was talked to myself. This is my first time to sit down the whole time. People are like, oh. "What did you see at the show?" Uh, I saw Michael Drainer across the way at the, at the Sennheiser, Sennheiser booth, booth and waved to him. And, <laughs> But it was, I'm seeing the convergence of it and the true value add, as I see it, of, to, to Mr. A.V. Don, to Harry's point of the, of it's another projector, it's bigger, smaller, brighter. We've got some products that are, you know, we introduced new products that are smaller, less expensive, more powerful, et cetera. But we've also introduced products that are, take audio, video, and data and bring all the information together to one place. So I think that's the convergence that we're seeing, and we're seeing more and more of, of everything working together. Because as we've heard here, people are saying the, the hardware is becoming the commodity, yeah. which to some degree is true. And it's, as a hardware manufacturer, we definitely understand it and make the differentiation features and make systems instead of boxes and work very hard to, to make one plus one equal three. And I think that's the big change you're seeing is that people are not saying, look, here's a microphone, look, Here's an amplifier. Here's a speaker. It's, you have a problem. We've listened to you have this problem. Here's the solution for it. Oh, and if you use this with this as well, everything starts to go seamlessly together. Whether it be bring your own device, bring your own data, bring your own video projector, bring your own whatever, it starts to all gather together. And I think that's going to be the true convergence. We've all heard the convergence buzzword. Yeah. Uh, but I, to some degree, uh, agree with, with Harry on It's going to be a changing two years. But I think part of it is just Moore's Law in action, and I'm sure I'm using it a little bit inappropriately. Maybe with Arthur C. Clarke a little better with advanced enough technology seems like magic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can remember when this was a, when a, I'm holding up an iPhone, for those of you both, you know, listening at home, uh, is where well, this was magic, and, you know, we all remember Star Trek, and you never had one of these. Yeah. And now it's common. So I see that that's advancing a lot more. But I also see that people are expecting more out of their technology. Uh, it used to be, oh, look, I have a speakerphone on my desk. Oh, look, I have, a, I have a teleconferencing system with auto echo cancellation and auto mixers in it. Okay, now I want video so I can share what my computer is doing. Oh, now I want to be able to see the person and see my computer and see what it's doing. To the Beam stuff, which is amazingly cool yeah. that I want, to being able to you know, converge it all together and I can be anywhere instead of having to fly. And I'm, I'm actually pretty impressed by it. I, I tell the story of this convergence of I did five, we've opened five projects for me that are all part of our IDX software platform and I'm not trying to, you know, this some of the new stuff I'm responsible for. I never left the office. I did it all remotely through WebEx and telepresences and stuff like that. And I think that's where we're going is it's gonna be truly the intellectual property that outshines the hardware, yeah. which I know is a little scary for some people, but I think it's also pretty cool. You know, I, in terms of being on the show floor, literally I saw me and Michael Drainer, and a lot of AV tweets then, that stopped then by. Then I'm cool. sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe next year we'll. On be the other, you know, there are some cool things that that came by, and you know, I got I. It was a fun time. My personal favorite was we set up a big video wall, which is like an audio company setting up a video wall, but it's a 
it's an entertainment, it's not an entertainment system, an information delivery system. I and would say it's probably very entertaining to watch an yeah. audio company set up a video. What, 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 to, to, <laughs> uh, you, should have, you should have seen me Monday and Tuesday. I was, oh. but it was all IT zeros and ones. But my favorite thing is we had, had fake flight data scrolling through on one of the displays. It was designed for airport and transportation systems. And my favorite moment was I was standing there watching it and watching the flight data change. And there's a guy who stood there at our info desk for like five minutes. I finally went up and asked him. No. Yep. And I asked him, I said, he goes, I'm waiting to see what the status of my flight. Can you tell me? <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, okay, this happened. The guy's being silly. It's happened like three or four times because <laughs> I'm like, okay, something we've learned. We need to put a little disclaimer. Mm-hmm. This is not real data. But yeah. it, it was Either fun. that or pull the, uh, pull the RSS feed of that from, uh, from the local airport. You, you joke about that, but we, uh, our software partners actually provide the information, the flight information displays for Orlando and for Tampa. So they're like, we're like, next year we're going to do that. Well, make, make yourself useful, Ben. So yeah. It's I, actually, <laughs> actually, what I did, which, which got it, which was hysterical, but I wasn't sure how many people were laughing, were following, but just for my own entertainment, I went under the interface and I hit the cancel all flights <laughs> nice. just to hear who would groan. I've been to the airport three times. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you're paying. <laughs> all right. Uh, Steve Greenblatt from Control Concepts. What's, what's this year about? I would say the network. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the, the uh, we, we've all been through the, the convergence thing, but I, really, without the network, where would we be right now? I mean, we're, we're done just putting things on the network and addressing things on the network. Now the network is, is really what we use to send everything from point A to point B. And uh, that, that, was, that was my big takeaway. But I, I also concur with a lot of what Bradford said and um, the, the whole idea of, of uh, systems and solutions rather than pieces and, uh, and, and also more economical uh, um, options. Very good. Mr. Neto? Can I go last? Sure. I, I, this has got me stumped. Why about you, Don? Oh, what would come you on. like? You know, the highlight was meeting me. Don't, <laughs> don't you know women get the last word? What's yes, wrong Mr. with you? Yes, Mr. Scott. Oh, okay. Are we saying that Mr. Scott big. gets the last word? No. That's where I, I thought he was going. No. See, that's where I would have gone. No. Then we'd I, still be here. I'm not on a microphone, so no one's hearing what I'm saying. No, you, 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 can, you, hear you can hear you. I'm gotcha. projecting it out. Probably the biggest part of the show for me was, or what I noticed was that, you know, we, we continually hear all these people talk about how trade shows are dying. And we hear people talk about it. We hear people talking about how they're not going to come. I talked to one of the biggest local integrators yes. in this market uh, back home. And they, they didn't, they didn't want to come. But this was the largest show on the East Coast ever. The largest Infocom Did ever. steal that from you? I'm sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. You wanted to go the last. Breaking give, news. give your point. Give uh, the, uh, the numbers. What, what I was going to say <laughs> was Can I get Craig, a stat, please? Craig McCormick just tweeted out, and I guess, I'm guess i guessing these are official numbers from Infocom. Yeah, we set right. an official attendance record this year. Infocom 2013 was 35,126 people. We were up 2.5%. We had attendees from more than 110 different con- countries. And while we were here, we made 25 new CTSDs and 14 new CTSIs. That means we're still under 800. It's still a very exclusive club. Oh, wait, sorry. Oh. (laughs) That's only because they won't let me take the test. No, he was just digging on (laughs) poor Tim here. Uh, But, you know, again, that's to my point. All we hear in the the press and in the industry stuff is that 
these shows are dying and people don't want to go and you can get that online. The biggest thing I found was that there were even more connections, like personal connections being made. You know, Chris and I walked around and we avoided our reps. We didn't talk to our reps because when you talk to your rep, you don't meet anyone else. Right. When I walked through, you know, the Middle Atlantic booth, my rep walked with me for three minutes and then ditched me for another appointment. So then I met three other people who are all very good people out of the fine state of New Jersey. So wait up, but we have to give a shout out. Yes, unfortunately, Becky was not here, which is why I got stuck with my rep in the first place. (laughs) But I took a wonderful picture with her boss, with Kevin, and sent it back to her. Uh, So that'd be my biggest part, is that we're real. I think the industry is finally starting to realize, considering it's, for the most part, made up of, you know, a lot of geeky type introverted people, uh, we're, we're finally starting to realize that you need to talk to people and, and make those face-to-face communications and make new friends. All right. Mr. Nuno, are you ready yet? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to piggyback on, on what, what Matt said. It's this year I came and I'm doing double duty. I'm here for my company and working for them and going through the, 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 the booths and stuff and looking for technology for our customers. At the same time, I'm doing work for corporate TD, doing the, the, what I saw at the show and trying to find products and stuff like that. Um, this show was the first show and probably, uh, at least for me, where I used, uh, I guess, social media to a new level. Yeah. Like Matt said, I went in, I went into booths, and I was connected to people already. So it was the, hey, hi, off to the side, I need to talk to you about this, can I just see this new product? I don't really, I got in, I got out, I made it, if it wasn't for that personal connection to get in and out of those booths, I, don't, I couldn't see the entire show. And that goes, this show, for me, was huge as far as size. It was massive. Um, from, from a downside, I was constantly lost in there. I, don't, I, I couldn't follow maps. My There's way no aisles. There. There's a grid. There, there's no aisles. But we already discussed grids don't work. There's a, there's a front, a back, and a middle aisle. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know what worked? Aisles. And a cross aisle. No, so go ahead. The ability to go find somebody, and from there to, to the next, the relationship builds that I've, I've worked on, to be able to go in from one booth to the next, go through the back door, come up the back, go see what I need to see, get in and out. I don't know how an integrator does it. Yeah. Can even three days to cover this much ground. We can't. That's really the problem. Can't. You really can't. I mean, so we, we get stuck. I started a hashtag this morning. What's that? Too big for three days. Yeah. It, well, it nice. Was, it, in big size-wise, it was definitely, I mean, it, it was out of control. But um, as far as technology... What I see, uh, I, I, I see the, the wireless applications are big. Um, from speaking to somebody who does a lot of work in the corporate side, wireless presentations, we've been screaming for it. People have been talking about it. It's been a lot of, yeah, it's there, and it's not working. There is working applications today for wireless presentations. There is the push on the VC side to interact into the link and, and jabber. Yeah, systems. jammer, jammer, um, whatever. I, I, I'm sorry, I messed that up once before, and I apologize. But th- those two things alone, to me, I'm finally seeing that, and it's been talked about for the last couple of years. And for the first time, I am f- I can confidently leave here knowing that it's been achieved, 
and it's only going to go, you know, to next level by the next show. Yeah. So, long answer, but it, it was a good show. I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm ready to go back, and uh, I refuse to eat pizza in Florida. <laughs> I would just like to put that on the record, and uh, that's it. Thank that's you, Cleveland. It. All right. <laughs> Ms. Well, Mead, you do have you do have the last the last word oh, here. Thank you. Um, kind of. Matt did kind of step on my toes a little bit, and, and you wanted to well, he's, go. No, he's last. No, he's fine. tall and he has big feet. That's so. not true. And, and his pink socks. Pink socks. Yeah. yeah, pink socks. Shouldn't yeah. wear open toed shoes. You know, what? To I wore a podcast. pink shirt yesterday, and I looked darn good in it. Thank you very much. You did. Much. They were, wasn't like those were not. Holy crap! Those are neon. Pepto pink, right? Yes. Come on. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. If you feel sick, my... just eat a sock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I, getting to my point. Um, part of what I was going to say is, I think this show this year really says where we're going as an industry. You know, we've all, we're all in the industry. We're all geeks, we love it. We geek out on this stuff, it's fantastic. We get excited about it. But at the end of the day, you know, like people don't get what we do. And at the end of the day, people don't have that excitement level that we do. I think we're finally getting to a point because the technology's advanced so much, because BYOD and the, the push from home, you know, really killer yeah. home systems into the corporate environment has advanced so far because the IT people are getting it, co-locating with the intelligent building, real calm people. It's kind of all coming together that the whole world is catching this fever that we've had. You know, we're all excited about it. They're starting to get it. I think the numbers of so many more people coming to the show back that up, that more end users are coming, more technology managers, the the intelligent building people, and, and and the fact that so many people are excited about the education. This was the first year at Infocom. I taught a class. My class almost maxed out numbers. I had well more, well over more than 50% of the maximum you know seats yeah. available filled in my class. I spoke to another number of other people that taught this year, and you know it depends on your 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 what your class is about, but. Everyone I talked to said they had great attendance in their classes. The fact that we made 25 new CTSVs and 14 new CTSIs. I mean, this all really says we're growing as an industry, we're growing in passion, and we're growing in people getting it and wanting to learn more. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great thing for our future as an industry. It's a great thing for our personal futures because we all have jobs, you know, if, if, as long as the industry's around. Um, and, and I think that's just, you know, the level of excitement is just going to keep building. And if Mr. A.V. Dawn is correct, that this is the year or two of build-up before the big <gasps> holy cow holy cow moment, it's only going to get better. Yeah. And, like, I've been excited about this industry the entire time I've been in it, so, like, more than a decade. Um, I won't go any higher than that, but more than she a decade. She started when she was five. Yeah, exactly. I've been excited about this industry since then. That I'm means so I married her when she's three, and I'm not creepy. like that. <laughs> but... I see the rest of the world starting to catch the excitement that we have. And I think the numbers back it up, and I hope that it continues to grow because way to go, AV, way to go, Infocom, way to go, AV Nation. We're yeah. becoming an AV, not Nation, AV World. An AV World, absolutely. Uh, actually, we're going to have something about that in the next couple of months. Uh, I, 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 made a, I made an interesting connection with something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, we're getting ready to become an AV World. Well, guys, I, that's it for us. Um, uh, I appreciate everything that everybody's done this week. We had an incredible tweet up last night with a, a whole lot of sponsors, and, and we'll put those up back on the, on the website again. So. And more well, people more at the tweet up than other tweet ups as well. Apparently, so we had excitement. the biggest tweet up that more, we've had. More importantly, thank you, Tim. Thanks to you for continuing to drive this and giving us all something to get behind. Yay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes. Appreciate you saying that.
All right, that's going to do it. I have like um, five bucks now. Yes, you can have the dollar that Bradford gave no, you. No, I already took it. Oh, <laughs> never mind. And I, I, I told our good friend here, that's how rich people make money. They never <laughs> they leave a dollar they on the steal, table. They steal from other if, people. No, no, no. Well, no, that's Wall Street. It's Wall Get Street. it right. That's how it's done. But no, you leave a dollar on the table, no one's claiming it. Bradford left it on the table. Anyhow. Matt, that's right. called a tip, you rude. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's he, what they do. He gave me a he gave in me a Canada, tip. Canada, they don't do that, I guess. No, no, we don't tip in Canada. <laughs> they give they, they give pieces of plastic. It was your your that, dollars. That plastic give you advice tips. Yeah, your yeah. advice tips. All right, uh, that's gonna let's wrap this up. Uh, thanks so much for listening. More of a pumad. <laughs> that's all the time we have for made, my friend. Made. AV week. <laughs>